This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. PSG could be fined 75 million euros for breaking FFP rules within the UEFA region. Included in that are several Premier League teams, Chelsea, Manchester City, West Ham and Leicester. Is the light bulb moment? Is this why we're in the situation we're in? That's just one of the questions you can ask tonight on uh, Leicester Till I Die TV's Question Time. Good evening. It's time. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts.
Leicester Till I Die TV. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. All right, Chris. All right, everybody, how the devil are we doing? Good evening. It's sloppy seconds time tonight. And <laughs> if I tell you that Brad's been on both shows, he'll probably be uh, leaving right now, as he's heard that. Welcome on. This is question time. Uh, Let's slide ITV on YouTube. This is only watchable on YouTube. And if you want to join in and put a question, because this is the show where you decide where we go. <laughs> out of town probably most of you want us to but uh the agenda basically there isn't we'll ask i set the ball rolling with the first questions of the guys and then it's up to you put your comments in and questions in the chat but to do that you yeah, do have to subscribe to the channel so we're doing a couple of these now uh all you got to do is press subscribe on the youtube uh, site a minute later you can comment in the chat and put your questions and we'll hear and give you not necessarily the right answers, not necessarily the answers you want to hear, but there will certainly be our opinions. It's Less Little ITV, YouTube, and if you're listening on your favourite podcast platform, thank you for lending me your ears. This is where you can find us. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Broadcasting live worldwide. Brad, sloppy seconds, welcome back. Uh, yeah, they're going to start calling me Brad the Boomerang, mate, because I'm always seem to be doing back-to-back shows with you on this on the air, don't I, mate? You, you do. Um... Three shows in two days, we've worked together on each other's channel, and, and it's, uh, it's some, two days. Some people say back-to-back is the best way because we can't see each other, but um, hey, uh, just get some Vaseline out of the petty cash, mate, I don't mind. But welcome back. I will say we've not been on for a while. It's great to have him back. Um, hang on, he's writing down his shopping list. Dave, sorry about that. Sorry, How the devil are you? Welcome back. I forgot the sprouts. Sorry. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, nice I to love see you, sprouts. Yeah, me too. I do actually love sprouts. I'm going to be honest with you. But welcome back. It's been a while. You, uh, but it is nice, nice to have you back. So, like I say, we don't know where this is going to do because, of course, last time you were on this show, it was a little bit different. Mm. Uh, so now it's very much question time. I'll set us off with a sort of a first general question and then we'll see where uh, the guys in the chat take us and what they want to ask us. But I, I sort of had an idea where I was going to start with this show tonight and then this sort of popped up within my... Within my uh, my inbox, if you like, um, on Twitter. And Leicester City, who were competing in Europe in 2021, only managed to fill the financial requirements due to the application of COVID-19 emergency measures. And when you look at everything that's been going on over the summer, you know, with the no transfers, you know, housekeeping has been, been looked at, you suddenly begin to think, hmm, Maybe, I say, a light bulb moment. We've got UEFA actually having their financial arm. I've asked for additional information from all the clubs involved. So that's, well, there's 19 clubs, but it includes Chelsea, Man City, Leicester, West Ham, uh, Glasgow Rangers and Barcelona. And those clubs will be monitored closely. Now, there's always been a little bit of a thing, Dave. I'll come to you first, um, because obviously it's your first show back now. 
it kind of explains one or two things, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, it's the same old thing, isn't it? Don't spend more than you can earn. Hmm. And and that's why they're trying to increase the attendance at the ground. Um, that's why we're trying to get other income sources um, because we can't sell a top player every season. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've done it, what, five out of six or six out of seven, but we're not going to carry on doing it. And why should we? But we have to. Else we're in serious trouble. Hmm. As has it has worked out. I mean, Brad, does this explain a lot? I mean, I know we touched on it early, but does this explain a lot to you? Yeah, but I'd I'd be fairly surprised if anybody was that surprised. It wasn't like this was kept in the dark from us fans or or Brendan for that matter to to bring him into it for for things he said recently, um, because well, we knew the financial fair play was tight. We knew how financial fair play was ex- not exempt, but it was, you know, you were given conditions through COVID and accept that the club might have gone themselves in a business sense behind and are hoping to be able to recoup it and do it. We knew this was going to be the case. What worries me is Barcelona were told, you are bankrupt. You have negative money so much so that you could put it around the world probably three times over. You cannot sign people. You can't register them. Don't do it. And yet they're still able to make deals. But I bet you Leicester and all their mother lower like teams name in there, with the greatest respect, I'm talking of how it's seen in the franchising world, not in the footballing world. I'm talking Chelsea. How are they going to get hit with it? Barcelona, how would they get hit with it if it happens? And Leicester could prove suffice enough to say, OK, you're more than capable of falling back in in the next three years, because you get a, what's it called, period, like a breathing period. Yeah, or period of grace, yeah. That's it. So if they can prove that, and, and this could work in Leicester's favour, because of what you've just mentioned there, Dave, saying about the facilities, they could go, well, you don't want to lose your football club, and we really don't want to have to sell to protect ourselves in a way. We'd really love this thing. If you improve it, this will help our financial needs and benefit us all around, won't it? And then that ball gets pressured in that corner. But I'm not surprised we're on this list of box lists. I just fear who's going to get punished quicker and who's going to get worse punishment if they do get found that they can't sustain and break the laws. Chelsea's an interesting one, isn't it? Because what's their cap- capacity? 32,000? It's 36,000? Yeah, it's not much not, more than us. Yeah, I think our upgrade will put this above them. And it's About weird 40, to say that. Yeah, because yeah, they're not exactly flushing numbers you, you you think Chelsea you think at least 60,000 no yeah. Stanford Bridge has been in there 38 40,000 seats for a long time now that's the most surprising thing about Chelsea even under Abramovich that they never made that Chelsea's um, Chelsea's capacity guys is 41,837 yeah I'm not I'm not that clever that I, <laughs> I knew that exact figure off the top of my head I have got Mr Google here helping me um the the, the thing that the problem with Leicester certainly is is when we have this extension put on it's only going to add um 8,000 we will actually still be below only just though Chelsea because we'll have forty then we're only half the size of Manchester United, um, and you know it's 
there's there's many ways we can go, and I've I've said this so many times, but you know we can go to be fair the Barcelona route where we buy players, risk it, um, and then we might not be able to register them, or we might have to sell something off to cover the cost, or we do what Leeds did, and you know David O'Leary, they 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 risked everything in buying these big names and getting to Europe. They didn't get into Europe. We know what happened to them and Derby risking everything to try and get in the Premier League and look what has happened to them. I mean, David, you probably agree. <laughs> we've been there. We've seen it. We've got the T-shirt when, when we've been out of business. Yeah, I'd it wasn't, wasn't, yeah. wasn't finished 15th, 16th and still have a club to support. It wasn't pleasant that time. No. I remember I was, I was at the Millwall game when Bert said we've come out of administration now. And whilst it didn't feel any different, really, um, it was a great relief. But I think the thing that they're trying to do, they're trying to build the, on the whole of the ground, aren't they? So there's going to be a mm. hotel that we own. There's yeah. going to be flats, uh, businesses. There's going to be a, uh, was it a 6,000 6, theatre or something that's yeah. used all the time? Yeah. So that's yeah. the extra income. So mm. instead of having 50,000 in the ground, we could probably get the extra income from that, which I would imagine will cover it because building it's not part of the deal, is it? Things like no. um, uh, youth development and training facilities and ground doesn't come into it. So Top can spend all his money on that uh, and get away with it, but he can't buy players. That's where yeah. it goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a catch-22, I guess, Brad, isn't it? What comes first and what comes second? You've know, you you've got to have one to get the other or the other to get the first one. Um but I mean, it would be it would be a surprise if at the end of this, and we had the you know the uh, Russell on from Brighton Rock Pod earlier previewing the game, and he was pretty much saying the same. It it would be funny if we turned out that we were the sensible club. <laughs> well, yeah, it it, it would, um, and you'd like to think that's going to be the case. And again. The, the, the FFP probably are sick of people making them out to be a joke because of the so-called showing of bias towards it. I say some club is biased towards certain clubs, but, you know, it is what it is. We knew where we were going. We knew what was going to happen. And it's not to say that this isn't the plan. Leicester might be sat there and us fans are having a meltdown and the owners might be going, yeah, that's fine. We know we meet the regulations. We know whatever we've got planned can't be affected by FFP because it's about players. We know we're in the books. We know all we need to do is lose a Bertrand off the wage budget, lose a soy on and tenements off the wage budget, and we're well under that wage budget structure radar. They're probably not that worried because as long as the infrastructure and everything else is going to keep earning the money and Leicester season ticket sales, very minute, I'm guessing the change would have been in terms of sales and match day revenue. So... I think, you know, unless mm. something alarming happens uh, in the next couple of days, which it would be, I, I don't, I don't think the club are as worried about finding themselves on that list as as maybe the fans are because they've yeah. been expecting it. You know, you do bad over club even now. You know, the, the the airport industry is still nowhere near what it was before pre-COVID, and is and it probably never will be. And that is their main force of income. And we just to go through the, um, the, the the details of the, the, the FFP ruling. The Qatar-backed League One side, as in Paris Saint-Germain, 
I've had to pay you had to pay UA for 20 million in 2014 in the first round of FFP cases were were ruled to have failed to have complied with the break even agreement between 2018 and 2022. Uh, PSG have been ordered to pay back an unconditional 10 million euros straight away, and then the rest depending on on how they do. Um, you, uh, prize money of 26 million in total will be withheld from eight sanctioned clubs with AS Monaco 0.3 million euro, Marseille 0.3 million, Besiktas in Turkey 0.6, uh, AC Milan 2 million, Juventus 3.5 million into four, and AS Roma 5 million, which is quite surprising because obviously we played them uh, in the semis of the, the Euros. But uh, this season will be the last under UEFA's current FFP rules as they are due to change next year. So, David, in the new rules called the fin- oh, here we go. Financial Sustainability <laughs> and Club Licensing Regulations. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they probably paid somebody a couple of million to come up with that or to could give it its short name, the FSCLR. We'll all remember that, won't we? Clubs will be limited to spending a set percentage of their revenue in a calendar year on transfers, agents' fees, and player wages. Are, are clubs like Man City, are they going to stick to that? No. They haven't, and they won't. They just get very expensive lawyers to bail them out. They'll loophole the absolute crap out that. They've been doing it. And it'll be, it won't change anything in terms of how to get punished because it's so adorable here at 20 minutes to PSG. Because that's, that's like less to getting sanctioned two grand. In the grand yeah. scheme, it's it's not money to them, isn't it? And you, you know, and, and you can guarantee, right? Even under these new rules, they would get a small slap of wrist. You know, I don't. You probably clipped it to use the video later on in a short. I'm sure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna do, reenact it again. But we'll we'll get like a transfer ban or something if it happens to us, which it won't. I'm very, I'm very fairly confident it's not going to happen to us. Obviously, I can't say. A certain hundred percent. I'm also not part of the financial structure investor to guarantee it, but I'm more than confident to think that we're not going to get in trouble or anything with it anyway. But if we did, we could probably a two year transfer ban, and, and Man City would, you know, have to dock a tea bag out the tea ladies' room to cover the fine. <laughs> I think that's the, problem, the problem was that fifty percent was it something like fifty percent of the clubs when they brought this in, were losing money and continuing to lose money. And and it was increasing. So there were a lot of clubs going bust. And that was what UEFA was scared of. Um, and the reason that a lot of them didn't, I think about half of them, half of that 50%, because the owners bailed them out. And that can't go on, can it? Um, I mean, we got bailed out. But, you know, you cannot carry on like that. And no. that's where it stops. But Brad's right. You know, the, the smaller clubs will get screwed. The bigger ones will get away with murder. Man United, God, I, I thought they had no money. They've, you know, the yeah. Glazers have pissed it up against the wall. And, they're, you know, they're still spending billions. It's ridiculous. I guess having no money means different things depending yeah. on the size of the club. But, yeah. David, I want to ask you, because David, the other David has said this, uh, and I don't know whether... You, you would say this is fair or not fair. Uh, I blame the board for not realising last year that team would potentially hit FFP issues. We sold no one and signed quite a few, and maybe we shouldn't have bought Vestergaard. 
do you blame top for that well no not really i mean you've got to blame the management team haven't you um he's the one who provides well says yes but he's he if he starts determining who we buy and who we don't then where do you go from there mm. you know he's not he's not yeah. the manager he's not paid lots of money to buy these people or or manage the team so, i mean you you can't blame me for anything i don't think i mean the job has kept us going we've won more trophies than i ever imagined in my lifetime um you know and you can't just say it's, well you know you can't just say it's his dad either i mean he's the leicester supporter and he top from what i gather um, yeah he's one of his first viewings was the kind of cup final against middlesbrough and that's what made yeah. him I think the only thing that I'm a bit concerned about is that why didn't Brendan Rodgers know this last year? Or, I mean, I'm sure he must be told these things and he's just thrown himself out there and said, well, sorry, we're going off the topic a bit, but he's just saying that, um, well, I didn't know this. We were planning to get all these players in. That's bollocks. That really is. Yeah. I mean, we will come on to Rogers next, surprisingly. <laughs> a few people are asking about it. But, Brad, I mean, you've I mean, you made me look at last season. We've been in, you know, we finished fifth twice. We didn't know we were going to get all those injuries. You know, we, we were, was it two points in one place off actually getting into Europe that would have got us possibly 50 million? Maybe now is the first time that, the you know, the council have looked at it and went, yeah, we've really got to be careful now. And so he's addressing it now, whether he'd have done, you know, if we'd have done it a year ago, we would have still had this problem, but a year ago. But then, obviously, we didn't know we weren't going to get into Europe. No, that's true. And and I completely agree with everything that, that, that Dave's just said there uh, about the transfer scenario. First of all, Vestergaard, from Brent, this is from the horse's mouth, or the seal, I'm going to call him a seal because he claps a lot, from the seal's mouth, Right, he said Vestergaard came to his club knowing he was going to be he was brought in as an emergency because Rat Boy, I mean Fafana was injured. It was an emergency sign in, and we had one of the freakish injury seasons knowing to a club. You're right. He was behind a Martin and Silent and Evans, and they all got injured to the point he had to he had to play Vestergaard five more times than he probably imagined he would be playing him last last season. We had so much going on, and that squad on paper, even without the rat snake, is good enough to get into Europe. And you know, you, you're right. You know, it's just one of them things that it just didn't happen. And you know, had we had that, if we didn't have that dire run with the Newcastle, Tottenham, Everton, you know, and Burnley result, you know, we would have been far better. We would have been far safer. Yeah. This is the season now where they've got to get the act together on the pitch. That is Brendan's fault. But again, I can't see where top or anything that the board do can do anything about it. But David, at the end of the day, Brendan doesn't really get involved in that side. You know, he goes and says, this is who I would like, or this is the type of player I would like. And the board will go away and negotiate wages and, and the price. I'm sure he doesn't sort of get into the wages and what have you. Um, but surely this is the club acting sensibly. Oh, yeah, no staying, doubt. You yeah. Know. yeah. But it's hard to take as a supporter. I was like yeah. everybody. I was waiting for us to see who we'd signed. I was yeah. hoping we would have um, done it earlier. Um, but then... 
I still don't get how many days are there in the window? 84, 85? 84, I think it is, yeah. And everybody yeah. waits to the last half hour. I mean, what the hell's going on there? I know it's all about politics or it's all about mm. playing the game, but it's just ridiculous. And then the managers complain that the window goes on into the season. So, you know, they have to be a little bit more forward about it. So, look, these are the players I want. Yeah. See if you can get them. If you can't, okay. We have a list. Let's work down the list. I think we, I think this season we have not acted as well as we have been in this sort of club that everybody looks up to. You know, it's funny now that it's tops only just come out now, five games into the season when we play Man United and explained everything in the um, you know in, in the program. For me, top, and I'm, I'm not going to go at top here, but if you're going to do that. Do that, do that in the, in, in the first one, in the Brentford one, so we know where we stand. Don't tell us now when you know, all the rumours have gone. It's Chinese whispers in football. Um, say trouble is, Chris, tr- Chris, trouble with that is people would try to get Fafana for £30 million. Yes, but we were never in the point of having to sell Fafana. Um, OK, we haven't sold Tielemans, which we're hoping for, but was that any different? And Brad, you know, I'll come to you because it was only the same as Brendan coming out. Was it, you know, two weeks into the window saying, oh. I can't buy until I sell? Buy a yeah. sale, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. But again, we say don't shoot the messenger. And in that scenario, we both agreed that Brendan could have worded it a lot better to not give the impetus to clubs to go at it. Yeah. But I, I would like to flip, flip the question uh, on this people getting worried about our squad and current situation take how brendan gets them to play for a moment and, and look at that paper on squad and let's just let's just look at the hypothetical with the ffp let's just say let's do a, we're banned from making transfers this window so we haven't got our two and only signings we still lose casper we still lose Fafana, but we can't replace them let's say you put Sion Chu in and evans looking at that squad to, to fill the void and we've got danny ward in goal so that's casper's position gone. Are you telling me, looking at that squad, that if we could, even if we couldn't make transfers, like legitimately we were banned from it, would you still have faith in that squad making a challenge for the top seven or not? Because me personally, I look at that squad and think there's no way it cannot challenge the top seven. So maybe look... Would you, David? Would you? Well, I, I said at the start in the summer, I said I was looking forward to this year because if we keep everybody fit, we've got a hell of a chance of doing well. And I can't, apart from playing people out of position, I don't know where yeah. the hell it's all gone wrong, really. You mm-hmm. can't blame it on morale. You can't blame it on transfer windows. You can only blame it on the manager. And yes. and, I, and I see the question, are we Rogers in, Rogers out? I mean, I'm not an out person. I don't want managers to get sacked. And I, I do think he's okay, but I think he just doesn't understand. Once he gets to a certain point, I think... He can't deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I was screaming. The, the first two games at Leicester, I mean, Southampton, the substitution, well, they didn't happen, did they? Brentford, <laughs> the same thing. We're crying out for it. You know, come on, guys. We're, we're getting done here. You could see it happening every time. So which side so, of the fence are you on then? We'll, oh, we, we'll have a yes or no on this before <laughs> and then we'll go on to some new questions. So in, in or out or shake it all about? <laughs> If I thought that there was somebody that could take over, I'd say out. Mm. Uh, but it will cost us a lot of money, and I'd rather him walk. Yeah. But, you know, is that going to happen? Brad, one word, in, out? 
too stubborn. Out. Out. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people saying, and it's going around that, you know, he may be trying to talk himself into getting sacked with what he's doing at the press interviews. But if we will, time will tell. Ray, good evening. How are you? And I want to say hello to Jamie, Mark and Rene as well. Um, why did we ever sell Canty? I mean, with that one, it's simply because we had the, the, the clause in the contract that, um, that when he signed for us. Um, so we, we couldn't keep him, basically. Uh, David, hello. We, um, uh, we, we we did your question before. Uh, Ant is in or was in uh, evening, Deitchin. Um Now, I mean, <laughs> you were asking then, Harry. <laughs> sorry, David. Sorry. I, I, I'm struggling with your name. You're going to have to change your... Uh, well, I would. If Facebook let me back in, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but you called it like David Dot or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah um, good point. Ant was being quite serious, and Ant, and he, in fairness to Ant, he's he's been Rogers out for quite a while, but he, you know, his argument is get Rogers out now, get Dyson maybe up until the World Cup window when we can maybe get somebody sort of in in is better. But Dyson would give them a kick up the arse. The problem is, I think that when he comes, that kick would transfer into the players kicking the ball upfield, out the ground, and into the River Saw. Hmm. Pochettino. I mean, it's the I'll one. You know, I think I think we all would would take him, wouldn't we, Brad? I mean, yeah. It's whether he would come and whether he would just do an Ancelotti on us like he did at Everton. You know, he might he might do, he might do, and we might have to accept that in a way. I think it's time we change it. Maybe we don't need someone who tries to be your best friend as. Good, good. I'm not, you know, I'm not discrediting Rogers as a manager. I still think he's a good manager. He just, he's at that point where his stubbornness is overruling everything. Um, but, but is he a good manager? Well, or, or let's no. take, let's let's change well, manager to coach because well, okay. this, before, before BT, they, they showed the game. They had Robbie Savage on. And I know he talks a lot of BS, yeah. but yeah. he said if it wasn't, we're lucky to have Rogers at Leicester. If it wasn't Rodgers, this side would get relegated. Well, Robbie, no, no, believe no. it or not, it's no. Rodgers that's got us into that bottom three that might get us yeah. relegated anyway. And, and, and that's absolutely Yeah, if he's a good coach, would should he not be able to get us out of this position? Well, that's the thing. You see, he's he he, he seems to be very good at man management. And he, he he seems to be very good at managing situations to suit him maybe in terms of how he handles the press. And he's very good at that in that, in that sense. And he has a very good coaching method. The problem is if his coaching method stops working, this is when the issues come and this is what I mean. A good manager has a method that will work and will get the best out of the team. But when he wants to just sort of tweak it even more to his style and, 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 and get even more of his ways in, that's when we're seeing it go wrong. We were warned by Liverpool. We were warned by um, um, Celtic A. You know. Yeah. Hello. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, I was just loading up another screen there. But Harry, Absolutely I mean... Right. Well, Brad's right, but... He sorry, Brad, I want to move on and get Harry in. Can I just reply to Brad for that one? Because um, Gerard was interviewed about his time at Liverpool and he said they tried to compare managers. And he said, what do you think the uh, 
interviewer said, what do you think? Who was the best at this? Who's best at that? And he actually said, um, Brendan Rodgers was the best tactical man and the best coach, whereas the others were best man management. So that seems to have gone the other way around, doesn't it? Because I agree with you. Yeah, he can put his arm around people, but but he's got no backup from his staff. Nobody came up to him there and said, Brennan, you've got to change it. It's rubbish. You know, yeah, no, it's a, yeah. And nobody helps him. Yeah. I will agree. At least he is at least he is being a seal on the sidelines because you don't see a colo and all the rest of the stuff they were yeah. like some of them do, trying to say, Gaffer, you know, because what do you see in a manager sometimes and they don't admit it until they're like a Neil Warnock. They don't admit it, do they? But they sometimes go, Okay, mate, how do I sort this one out? Gaffer, you need to switch it to this and this, like yeah. we did, because that because they're killers on that side. Nice one, mate. This is why you have assistant oh, yeah. managers, isn't it? But, well, I think the, no. Bre- the Brentford game was a classic on that one because I saw things happening at the back when the play was at the other end that you think, well, hang on, he's struggling. He's really in trouble or he's out of doing this. And nobody else was watching from the touchline. I looked yeah. at the touchline and they were all sort of huddled up yeah. like this. And you know, I, mean... <laughs> I, I mean, I said this earlier, Brad, on the show um, we, we, we did on, on, on Brighton is that everybody says that Rodgers is this great coach. And yet, he was, out over the past, not just the six games going in here, but in, the, you know, previous seasons as well, he's been out-tacted, is that, if that's a word, but out-thought yeah. on tactics by Ollie, by Arteta, who's a new manager, by Aston Villa's manager, Stephen Gerrard, who's a new manager, all these are people that have been managed. Ralph Huthenhall, who's had two nine nils against him, out-tacted him earlier in the season and sat there at 2-1 up and said, I know how we can get out of this. If he's such a good coach, Harry, why is he be here? Why are all these younger managers, less experienced managers? Um, sorry, David. This is can you put a name badge on? Yeah, I, it isn't my fault. This is the fact that he's got two names on Facebook. But David, why is he? Why is he being? You know, if he's this super coach, you know that everybody says he is. Why are all these other managers with less experience coming and going and making him look stupid? I had a thought the other day when I was driving back from the Southampton game. We were bullied against Southampton. Uh, not just on the ball, but off the ball as well. And we had nobody to... Even Vardy didn't give it back. And I was thinking, they've watched us and they realise that we are timid. You know, we're tippy-tappy for hating the, the word, but there you go. P- passing around nicely at the back. Let's get into them and give them a kick in and see what happens. And it worked. Mm-hmm. We didn't look at Southampton and see where they're weak. I don't think they watch the other games. And if they do, they're getting bad information back. Mm-hmm. Because... At Brentford as well, you could see that coming. We were two yeah. up and I could see it coming after 60 minutes. Something happened in 60 minutes and he should have put the substitutes on then. Three of them. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't and he let it just drift away. Um, we got what yeah. we deserved. Brad, Andrew says here, and I suppose this is a problem that as Leicester we are going to have. Like I say, we're going to extend our stadium and we are still only half the size of Man United as it is now. God knows what Newcastle are going to be when they build their new stadium. But unless Top goes home this weekend, digs a hole in his back garden and discovers oil, we are never going to be in that sort of category the same. And yes, since we won the champ- won the Premier League, we've obviously got we are more well known, but 
I still go with we have got to cut our cloth accordingly. And whatever we think, the top five and whether Brendan should have come out and said we were overachieving or not, we pretty much really we were, were we not? In a way, yeah, I think Leicester have. You know, we, we talked about it with the Brighton fan, Russell, who was on the show earlier, didn't we, Chris? And, and I even said that they've progressed with the three seasons down in that bottom half, and now they're aiming for three seasons in that top half. And then, who knows, maybe that's when they'll aim for the, or expectancy will raise for that European fight. And yeah, Leicester got the escalated push. That's why it was 5,000 to 1. With that comes expectation and everything that's happened. I think sometimes as well, and you know, people have to remember the reason it's only an eight thousand extension they're looking at on the King Powers. If we had a ninety thousand seat stadium or even a seventy thousand seat stadium, it'd be empty. We won't be able to fill it. Mm-hmm. Again, the Premier League, right? May Premier League win and the FA Cup win and the European finishes didn't just shake the footballing world or, or, or that. It shook Leicester's attention. You know, you go to. You know, you never could go into a bar around the world in, in like America or whatever and find one of them English bars and you wouldn't see a Leicester shirt for the light of day. They wouldn't even know what you're on about before they talk about sport. Maybe cricket at best if you win in India because they love cricket. I don't even know if they watch the England stuff over there. I doubt it. But still, you know, you wouldn't have got Leicester recognised on the map. But whereas every other team has about 20 shirts on the wall of fame at these pubs, mm. Leicester probably have one or two. So they're still not big enough. You've got to match your target audience, if you will. And right now, yeah. Leicester are more than capable of pushing that to about 40 with continued success. I think I think with the stadium as well, we've got this extension. We can always extend later on, but let's not end up with a big white elephant. I mean, look what happened last time when we actually moved to the King Power. There was then walkers. You know, we were actually playing in the second tier. I'm going to alternate sort of the questions a little bit now, but Mark, for, for, for David here, let me just, in fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, just so that I get this right, because it's annoying me, because I ne- nearly said Harry again there. Um, <laughs> I, um, right. I am going to stick that on my computer. So I know <laughs> what I'm calling. Brad, I know you, mate. I know you. You're all right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dave, realistically, how many more games do you see top giving Rogers? He seems like a dead man walking right now. I mean, I don't know for me because I'm up and down with, with Brendan. Um, I see somebody write a serious thing about it and I get that. Yeah, I, I realize that. But then I see us perform and think, bloody hell, Brendan. I mean, for me, he's probably still going to be here to the World Cup because I think that's when a lot of clubs will be looking at the managers when we get that World Cup break. How many games do you think he has got? I don't think it works like that. I think you've got to say how many games does he want and will he want to leave at the World Cup? And all he's got to do is keep doing press conferences like that and he'll go eventually. But we don't want to pay him God knows how many million he'll have to... I don't know. What is there a figure? Um, but we don't, want, we don't want to do that uh, Top doesn't want to do that he's got better things to spend his money on and he's got to be confident the guy he brings in is going to do a better job mm. I, I was just about to say if it's all right with Chris, Chris I could kind of retort to that is that the right word? retort back to that? no it's not is yeah. it? Well, yeah, right. yeah. You know what I mean? yeah I was trying to be fancy alright for five seconds but um you're from we England. 
Well, all right. You're from I Leicester know. and you're living in Mansfield. What idea did you ever get? You were gonna I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And what's in this coffee? Anyway, um, you, you know, you say that, that he he would have, you know, better things to do with his money. You know, as you said, Dave, you've got more important things to worry about. But you also have to remember that Leicester is also part and parcel of the success of his of his of his income and he does have to worry about and he does worry about Leicester. We're not talking as if he doesn't oh, yeah, yeah. He does yeah, worry yeah. about it. And we talked that he's obviously unwilling to put the financial risk of the club at stake by saying, Well, here's hundred and fifty million more chess, spend it, but you better get top five, you know, otherwise we're going to be you know shitkery without a paddle as they would say. I'm sure he'd put in more financial etiquette terms, but that's what he'd do. But would he be willing to spend the 18, 20 odd million, whatever it is? Because the fact we hear so many different wavering things of what he's earning. We know he's very well paid, but I see so many different figures. It's ridiculous. But would that be seen as a risk if it meant that the person he brought in, and let's just say the whole deal was 27 million. You're talking sacking Rogers, paying someone for a, a, free, a three year deal because they want a package themselves yeah. right let's say it's 27 million is that such a risk if this person doesn't just get the new manager bounce but keeps that club club you know going and going yeah. and going and we actually oh, do yeah. do what sounds like a million miles away and have a really good season that's I don't the know gamble that top is going to have to take, isn't it? You know, and that's yeah, why he runs a multi-million pound business and why I'm sat here unemployed yeah. and doing shows on YouTube. I just yeah. want to say what, to, 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 okay, back to Harry now. Andrew 80 there. Good evening. I think he's upset too many players to still be in a job. Now, yeah. I don't know if you ever listen to Talk Sport. And there's a guy that in the morning, uh, we, or 10 o'clock on, was Jim White, and he has Simon Jordan on. I absolutely, you love him or hate him, Simon Jordan. He's a Marmite figure. I absolutely love him because whether I agree with him or not, he does talk sense and he has owned a football club, so he knows what he's talking about. You know, us fans sort of sit there and go, nah, 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 nah. And we know we've never been in that position. He has, and he's lost a fortune when he did it, obviously. Now, he came out the other day and was very, very critical of Fafana and his uh, parting shot uh, in, in his thank you post. He actually, and, and I didn't hear this this morning, but it's just gone up, that obviously after Brendan keeps coming out and having a go at the owners, um, it, it, and I'll just read this through you and then give me your thoughts. Um, talking on TalkSport this morning, Simon Jordan said, the tragedy of that instance is that Brendan Rodgers is in a very difficult position where he can't improve the squad, but that squad of players is still good enough to be more competitive than they're currently being. They were slightly unlucky against Brentford and they've been in and, and they've been in the Chelsea game. They should have gotten more points than they've got. There's enough in that team to be better than they currently are. Uh, after ten, spending 10 years as chairman at Palace, Jordan was quizzed on how he would deal with Rodgers if he was city chairman. Top. Uh, I'd tell him to shut up. I'd say, if you don't like it, Brendan, then you don't like it. But I suspect Brendan has some legitimacy in what he's saying, but I don't think it helps anybody he is saying it. Now, for me, I'm saying, well, well said, Simon. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Shut up or go. You know, mm. You've got two options, haven't you? Uh, no, but I... I think he's planning on that. I think that's his aim. I don't think he intends to be at Leicester for too many years. Uh, his next step up is 
is a is a bigger challenge, um, or a bigger club or whatever. But I don't know where, because he's no. tried that, hasn't he, at Liverpool? And and I don't think Celtic could have him back. So, yeah, and, and I, I I mean to me, yes, you know, as I as I've said in in the in the post I put for this, put up or shut up. You know, um, you can only if if I when I was working, I know that you know in my last in my last job that my bosses checked everybody's social media because of the sort of business we were in and if you said the slightest thing that was critical you were called into the office you wouldn't get away with this um does he need to grow a pair brad um what i mean i mean i'm it just sounds a bit bizarre that he's taken the, the 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 measure in what he's done to get his message across you you feel like there's definitely better ways to handle it and you can have a discrepancy with not being given the funds or maybe not you maybe you feel like you're being kept in the dark on certain information and you're trying to get a response go, go through the proper channels maybe he has maybe he feels this is the only way he can get a sit down you know maybe he 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 thinks, right, I want to have a word with him because I, I want to know if this is a one-season problem or am I you going know, to be... The top, top, and he's the manager and the chairman. They will be talking every single week. Well, you think that, and I, I that's what I thought the case would be, but it, it, it just well, seemed... Top, top was down at the training ground for a couple of days, you know, the other week, wasn't he? A minimum, yeah, but, you know, but, is that every, is that every match? Yeah. I'm sure but, yeah, will be saying, I need to have a word with Brendan. I'm sure he's well, not unapproachable. I'm not saying he's not, but also, I, I, as a worker of the club, uh, when I work there, I know how it is when the owners turn up. There is a note, you know, that is an email is sent, and I'm sure it's just the same when it comes to Brendan. He's turning up today. He will be here. He wants to see this. He wants to see that. He's then going to go. He's got a meeting at this, so we've got to get him shown. He wants to see it. And that just... You don't talk. I mean, it's different being a staff member I was. I was part of the housekeeping team. So, obviously, we were, don't be seen, like, you know, children should not be seen or heard. You know, we was like that. We had to be out of the way, be respectful and bow if the monks were around. That's a little bit extra for you there, just to know that. But we don't know how it is. We, yes, we see lovely videos and it seems like they're laughing and they're talking. Just remind me never to get in a car journey with you. <laughs> I know. The long cuts. I know, <laughs> but my point, my point still stands. We we see them chatting and laughing, but we don't know if he's like, right, he wants to see how the training goes going on. He wants to see how everybody's getting on. Uh, and then he's got this. He'll be in and out. He just wants to witness the training session. He's not here to talk. He's got to go. We don't know, for instance, if he's that approachable. I'd like to think he is, but... Yeah, I, I think when you're running a company the size of King Power, you, Brad, you, you, you yeah. think to managers. One thing, know. Brad, I reckon, Rogers doesn't take the blame easily for himself. No, he he really would rather blame <laughs> everybody else than himself. Well, he has. He's what... thrown everybody under the bus yeah. totally. And this is what's yeah. going on now. But, yeah, uh, um, Brad, um, Dave, you see, you got me out with names. Let's move on because come on, John, question is taking about <laughs> half an hour. We're still going to be at about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, Harry, Dave, Dave for God's sake, I'm not even reading my own sticker. You can have the easiest thing is just go and change your name, Dave. Okay. Uh, Ant says, I don't think Top has any say in terms of transfer and that side of things. He's the no, bloody no. owner of the club, surely he has every say. 
not necessarily in which players. No, I'm not saying he has the same which players, but he will have a say if somebody comes and says, Oh, we want to spend 40 million pounds on this player. You're not going to say that there's nobody either top or one of you know his very close advisors has not got his eye on that because let's not forget, not just top, his brother and his sister are also on the board. And Susan Whelan, she's and Susan Whelan, yeah, running running the uh, I think what I'm saying is that he doesn't have any say or doesn't have any say in what players we have which is right but if if rogers comes up so i need 50 million it's i'm sorry we haven't got it then and this has been the argument hasn't it they reckon rogers identified all these players in the summer without knowing we didn't have any money available without selling i mean i can't yeah, anyway, there was that regardless of the situation they, they're hopeful to bring transfer aside and again that just that was a little thing for me that it's like for brendan that's your job in fact mm. i'd be annoyed if he came back and went well i didn't make any plans over so you know yeah. it, Maybe he was trying to say, I'd like to have known that I was going to be restricting my fans, which I get. But again, that's something you discuss when you're communicating with a liaison between yourself and the owner. If that's how it's done things, that's how it should be done. Just certain things, he, I, I'd hate to think that he's deliberately trying to get himself yeah. sat out. Want, let's move on. I can say so much. We, we were especially one question per person, but this one is yours, Brad. So you can actually talk on this one. David S. Uh, uh, well, I haven't sent it to David S. What what we what do we think about Rudkin, John Rudkin? You know, he takes a stick when everything is, you know, going bad, but he very rarely gets the credit when we make brilliant signings. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, you talk about Marmite in people. I think sometimes, you know, we say it about pundits. You know, you said Simon Jordan, you either love him or hate him in your opinion. And for some reason, people just don't take a liking to Rudkin because... Mm-hmm. Maybe they like the manager, maybe they like the staff, they, they, they don't have anything against them. So it's kind of, who's the next person in charge? Rookie, it's his fault it went wrong. But then we all seem to have short memories of what their job description is and what they do. Because when it's a great player, it's, oh, what a fine, great scouting staff, great management to point that out. Mm-hmm. Well done, well done, Rogers or Powell or whoever is in charge at the time. Whoever's great signing. Rookie, oh, no, fuck him. I don't care, it weren't him. He didn't do anything. He just sits on his arse all day. But are quick to go for him because, yeah, you know, of the likeness manager. I do feel sorry for him because he does deserve more credit than he gets for the job he does. Yeah. Uh, again, Dave. Fucking Dave, 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 Dave. <laughs> Andrew here says, um, how many managers would come with no transfer budget? Although I think uh, would find them some money. I mean... Like I say, we've we've said this many, many times. How would Pep get on? How would um, Klopp get on if they worked at Rochdale or an Oldham or some a Stockport where they didn't have any money? And it almost seems like Brendan saying, you know, I, I, I'd like to get new players in. I've got to refresh. Surely if you were good, you make the best of what you've got. And this is the team that, don't forget, like we said earlier, two fifth-place finishes, an FA Cup, a Super Cup of England... And it's you know not much changed in that squad, um, but it seems that we've got worse every season. You know what we're playing twelve type football again now. Well, yeah, um, because every time the fullbacks get the ball, they're looking to go one way, and that's back, mm. uh, and that's dreadful. That's we've never well we have for the last year or two, um, but that's how Rogers wants to play. He warned us when he came here; he likes to play from the back, but. 
we're not seem to be getting out from the back anymore. Well, this, I'm going to say he's playing from the back and there's sticking at the back. Yeah. You see, the possession, yeah. possession last night was about 60 odd percent, wasn't it? Mm. Something like that. Yeah. And I have not seen Vardy that far back in our own half since the Powell days. I haven't seen James mm. Vardy be forced to defend that deep. Something that Roger said he wasn't going to do, he was going to manage his age. Keep him more up the field for that reason, for his burst of pace. Yeah, he can't play on his own up front anymore, can he? No. I mean, we don't play the right balls for him. Um, he doesn't. He's not. He's too old to do the chasing he used to do for ninety yeah. minutes. Um, he needs help. I play him behind somebody. Just, I know it's difficult with Madison there as well, but I'd be tempted to play him because he's a clever footballer now, Vardy. He's not just a, a goal scorer. Um, but I think, um, who was it last night you were talking to, Chris? Um, whose son, him and his son went to the game? Oh, Craig. Craig Craig, yeah. Craig, Craig yeah. was saying that, that when you're a defender or a midfielder, you need people to move. We don't move. We, no. do, we do little training steps like they do before the game on the pitch, which is all well and good and entertaining. But nobody's really moving for space. And... You know, we're just sort of reacting to things happening. We're not making it happen. And, and you can't, you'll never do any good. Yeah, We play preemptive passing, Dave. You can see by the movements and the pass. When they don't mix, it's because the run hasn't been made. And, they, you know, they we see it all the time. That they always make blind passes at the time because it's like they're told, play five yards yeah. in front of where they are. And, and they're supposed to do it. And that, that doesn't help it because the way he has us playing, that, five yards becomes a 10 yard becomes a 15 yard gap and that's why it's so depressing to watch at times i mean i, I know you guys you guys didn't rate tiedelman's last night but and okay he's not at his best but at least he was trying to put those through balls in mm. he was trying to make them happen and when he did try it, he lost out sometimes so he, he yeah. you know he he made errors but he had no option unless he went backwards and this yeah. is the coaching bit isn't point. it this is what the coaches mm. should be doing this and they're but not. The coaches aren't doing it because of Brendan, no. aren't they? Well, that's what I think. And and I'm t I tell you, I've hated coming to this conclusion because I'm not the sort of person who wants a manager to leave, apart from um, Ian Holloway and, you know, a few others in the past. But that's about it. <laughs> I don't want a manager to leave, but hang on, let me just get my list out. Yeah, Frank McClain's <laughs> option. <laughs> these seven managers. Yeah. Well, if I could name seven worse, but, you know, it's, it's just... We, we'd like chuck, chucking everything away that we've achieved over mm -hmm. the years now. And I can't see how it's going to stop. This is what I was saying, Harry, before. It was oh, Harry, <laughs> Dave, um, you have know, tattooed on your forehead or something for me. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what, I've, I've worked out what I'm doing wrong here. Let me let me do this. Um, look, I'll speak to Facebook and say, look, Chris says you've got to change my name back. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, let me let me up. Oh, let me try and do this. I think this may may help me. There we go. There we go. Um, let me show the names, and I can see them wow. as well. Um, when Rogers came in, he we seemed to play. We, well, we were we were boring under Puel, and we seemed to take a notch up. And he, you know, Varney wasn't playing well under Puel, and Rogers got him playing again. But it's like we've almost come full circle. Yeah. And he's taking us, you know, he's taking us back every season. 
Well, you look at something like Harvey Barnes. I mean, yeah, he gets the ball. We know where he's going to go, and he's quick. But he's a liability without the ball. You're playing him as part of almost a midfield thing on the left. But he comes back. He's a waste of time coming back. So there's no protection for the full back. So you think, well, play him in the middle up front then or something like that. But don't play him where he needs to come and defend. You know, give him the Vardy role. You know, I mean, it, it might work. It might not. But... At least give him, whatever he's doing now, he's not working and he, he looks the shadow of the player he was. Um, yeah, and the player needs to cut in and drive at the goal and scare yeah, defenders. He's yeah. gone. We we said this about other managers. Um, he who lost, who must not be named. Yeah, we mm. all remember he actually didn't do too bad in his first season in charge. Uh, you talk about um, Ranieri. Riding the wave of Pearson, I almost felt like for Brendan or any manager, it could be anybody who took over if they were doing the same right now. Brendan is the man who's doing it. He had it on a plate. All he knew he needed to do was give Leicester, let that team, the freedom. Go out and do. Show me what you do, and why yeah. it worked. Why he was getting the praise because it wasn't hard to undo Powell's work. Just stop playing boring football. But yes. I think in the back of your mind, like 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 Dave and yourself have said enough tonight, Brendan's way is to pass the ball around and be patient. And it's almost like, and I kind of brought this up similarly last night on the show as well, but I kind of said, it's almost like Brendan got to a point and went, well, did you enjoy yourself, children? Do you feel better about yourself, children? Yeah, yeah. good. Now you're going to do it my way. And that's what we've come back to. That's why we feel like we're back in the poor old days, because we feel like we took them back in prison. They play we'll back with yeah. Jumping back to Dave, um, how many managers, Andrew says here, would come with no transfer budget? And that's the thing, we were likely to get a potch or somebody like that. Uh, but And this is, again, a very good point that uh, that Brad mentioned the other day. Uh, on, I think it was in your show, Brad, about managers not coming from lower divisions. You know, if you've got a manager, like when... when um, uh, I'm going to forget his name now... Um, Martin O'Neill came. He came from, you know, like a Wickham background. And when Brian Little came, he came from a Darlington background where they didn't have the money. And they were able to do what they did, buying players that weren't... And I know, the, you know it's a different game now, but maybe that's the way we should be looking. <laughs> well, you tell me. I mean, I'd, I can't think of anybody that's setting it alight, really, um, that hasn't lost their job in either a Premier League team or Championship side. Mm. Uh, and there's gone, you know, because these players, these managers are just regurgitated, aren't they, and recycled and they come back for more. I mean, the people that would do it, I can think of three. One would be Sean Dyche, one would be Sam Allardyce and probably Neil Warnock if you got him a wheelchair to come down. But they would come for nothing almost because it's a great challenge for them. I mean, it's not that long ago that um, Dyche was sort of touted for Leicester anyway. Mm. I wasn't keen, I must say, but I mean, he's an honest bloke. I mean, yeah, I mean, players need scaring. Yeah, just, Brad, just I'll come to you with the next question, Brad. Oh. Otherwise, I'm not going to get through the list of questions here. Um, and I'll come to you with this one, Brad. When he joined us years ago, he got Vardy scoring, Nacho scoring, albeit because of injury. Matters improving his scoring, etc. So what do you think he's doing differently now and why has it happened? I mean, I think the first one is he's not playing two up front. Well, yeah, he's not playing two up front. 
and it's it, it is with we, we uh, you you're just slowly getting that feeling of realization you know to the people that are thinking i told you so because i said this would happen rogers this is what makes him a crafty manager and a good manager in a different sense to how he always gets work because he happily took this took the restraints off the that leicester side he let them play free flowing football he let them run around play high pressing take risks take be a bit reckless be a bit naive but it paid off more and more for him and it fell in his lap but after a certain amount of time as a manager you want to do things your way you want to implement where you know best to teach the tactics that you've been doing it and that's exactly what's happened we've now got to a point where he's gone hmm, this should what i've achieved here should at least guarantee me a season and a half to get my way around and get it working and prove that i'm i'm, I'm more than just an average joe manager and guess what last year you know you know, was was the start of it. We went back to passing the ball sideways. Uh, you take injuries aside, when the players came back, it didn't change. We were still passing it all the way back to Schmeichel. I mean, I joked yesterday, but it's probably closer to the truth than possible. We could rename ourselves Obvious FC because we all see it come from a mile away when Leicester play. You don't need to do the great... You don't have to be great at your job to see how Leicester are going to line up when you play them and how they're going to go about it. And unfortunately, it's not working out. And this is why I say his stubbornness will cost him the job because he's managed to coerce that that mentality and feed off it with yeah. the success he brought. And now he's going, oh, now they were just overachieving. It's my genius that's going to make it continue. And that's what he's selling his idea. It's but just Jay, going down the wrong about what, what Brad was saying about... Um... You know, you know, he's earned enough to to be given time. You know, Ranieri. Let's be honest with you. You could say what Ranieri did was a hell of a lot more than what uh, Brendan Rodgers did. Okay, you know, we know Ranieri came in after Pearson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As soon as he started doing his own thing, it all went pear shaped, and we were down in seventeenth. Now I got you know shot down the other day because I said you know we sat you know. Ranieri, who won us the Premier League when we were 17th. Rodgers has got us down to bottom after 2,750 days of not being bottom. Oh, it's only sort of four games in. But are we still going to be saying that in 10 games? Oh, only 10 games in, don't worry that we're bottom. Uh, and That's you, the danger. Managers don't buy themselves time, do they? Otherwise, Ranieri would still be a co- would still be here. Didn't Ranieri play sideways as well? That's that's what caused off the problem, wasn't it? The second season, he started well, playing. They changed it, didn't he? He, he had that one good season, yeah. but it didn't it didn't keep him. <laughs> you know, you notice when anybody gets the ball when they're playing that. I don't know about you guys, but I suddenly get a cold sweat coming on, and the players seem to panic. They want to get a Marty. I mean, God, we played, and at least with your teams, you pick for some, for Sunday. We've got defenders in the back four, which is good. I'm not seeing that for a long time. You know, we're playing midfielders in the back four. I mean, let's just know. let's just give Brad the manager's job because he picks a damn sight better team than no. Brendan does, in yeah. my opinion. You know, I wish I wish he would pick that team, but he won't, will he? Clearly. He won't. He won't. And Marty will be straight back in if he's. Uh, well, no, he's not fit. Fingers. Do you know what's wrong with him? Not fit. What's up with him? He has a flu. Flu, apparently. 
Yeah. I was getting all excited. I thought it was dropped or something. You know, <laughs> don't, well, don't be silly. Don't be silly. But yeah. Brad, you know, Terry's made a very good point here. Dropping into the championship could cost 150 million. Yeah. So a payoff to Rogers is peanuts in comparison. And let's we can't sit here and say we're too good to go down. How many no. teams have said that in the past? Brad can't mention. Yeah, I can't. Leeds, Newcastle, Leeds, Newcastle, and Blackburn. Ooh, they were some sides that were too good to go down, weren't they? Not what happened oh, there. They had the some good team. players when they went down. Uh, yeah, it goes yeah, on, it? You, mm. The list goes on. I mean, definitely not a thing. But again, it goes back to the point we we're talking about earlier. You know, twenty million sounds like peanuts if you make a genius cut in terms of getting out of the danger because you know just you know quickly in terms of I know it'll always go well Ranieri only had a 17th but I think there's no smoke it cannot be the way the owners are showing pavements with Rogers and they did with Powell and he wasn't doing anything good at Leicester and they still showed a hell of a lot more patience uh, than they did when they first came to the club with Powell there has to be no smoke without fire in terms of going back to the point here is is it worth Taking that, you know, risk that I, what would cost us thirty million would cost us a hell of a lot more if we drop down. Well, I'm 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 fairly certain um, that the owners do have a period in mind, and that may alter and extend or shorten it if if results aren't positive. These next five games are pivotal. Maybe not for the outcome of Leicester season, but definitely for a certain man's job. And I do agree. I I am one hundred percent the idea that. Money talks to a point, but 20, 20 million drops a couple of million if it's a month later, whatever. It suddenly comes a bit cheaper to sack in. And when all of a sudden, you know, you talk about a man that, you know, what other what manager would come to a club that can't spend in the summer? The only manager that's ever done it in the Premier League era, top Motspurs manager, Pochettino. It's the only club still to never spend on a transfer window in the summer. But he was already in there, wasn't he? He didn't come yeah, in. Exactly. That. So he'd be, he'd he'd be used to the struggle in, in that sense. Paying that outcome, if it keep even if it was to keep the club up and we were having that disastrous of a season, it's far better than hoping we go straight back up from the championship to re to rebound from the hundred and fifty million loss of championship football. Don't matter how good your finances are, that's a big hit you cannot recover from so easily we've seen it over the years it happened to us yeah, yeah. i mean dave um, um i got it right hey uh I, like your thoughts on this because we did this with uh brad yesterday and we looked through the sort of upcoming games and how many points we we, we could possibly get from there <clears throat> um, now brad came down with nil <laughs> from the next um five games in fairness, I didn't do much better. I came down with five. Um, however, uh, in fairness to Craig, he came out with ten. He was a bit more upmarket. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, you know, looking at the games we've got coming up, and we've had, you could say, a hard start because we've had four of the top six in our first, you know, seven games. We've got Brighton obviously away on Saturday. Um, we've then got Villa at home, and they're fighting for their lives and possibly the manager the same as we are. Then we're away to Spurs, God help us. I mean, we you know we can't beat them normally, and look at the way they're playing now. Forest must be absolutely licking their lips at the thought of uh, coming over to the King Power. 
and then you know we're down to Bournemouth, who, well, you know, again they've got something to prove. How many points, you know, could you see us getting from those? Yeah, I've got a bit of a problem with all this because my head says different to what I, my heart does. So go I think with if, your head, mate. Go with I'm your head. Two. <laughs> two. Really? Yeah. And where, where where are you seeing those two points coming from? He's, he's, last, he's in your end of the table here, Brad. The last two games that you mentioned, those people at home and then Bournemouth away. Really? Wow. Wow. But you can too see... Hard what, to see <laughs> but I mean, Brad, we should be well, looking I, at I these hate, games. I hate doing that. I hate doing that. because. Yeah. But we <laughs> should be looking at these games yeah. and... I've got to be honest with you. You could argue that Brighton's going to be tough because they're, they've had a great start. They, they, yeah, they lost last week. But they're up there in fourth, as things stand at the moment. Spurs, you could probably say we're not going to get anything from, but then we wouldn't expect to get anything from that anyway, would we? Let's be honest. No. But we should be looking at getting points from um, Villa, possibly from Forest and from Bournemouth. Oh, we, we should, should be looking at Chen, yeah. Sure. But the way Brendan Hazard playing the football is the reason when you asked that question, I was brutally honest. That's why I said I can't, I genuinely can't see where we get even two points from. I mean, it, it, it even sounds far fetched. And, and with Dave David's point on, on, on getting two points from them games, because we don't look like a team that can do it, because we're a team that absolutely crapped our pants 1 0 up against Southampton. Mm. So, how the hell are we supposed to get anything from these next games? Brendan Rogers' way, I really don't see it. Yeah. Jesse, welcome along. Um, she did say before this, by the way, is Brad on one again? I tell you, he's been on one, two, three, four, five, and six so far in this show. Um, hey, we're passionate. He's passionate. That's that, uh, no problem with that whatsoever. And I guess you mean in, when you say sideshow, Bob, I presume you mean in phase, is it? I don't know. I still don't know how to pronounce it. Um Dave, are you pleased with that signing? I must confess I wouldn't have known who he was until the day before <laughs> yesterday. Or yesterday. Uh, but yes, it seems like he's ticking the box. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Brad, Ray, um, Rogers, Potocino, Mourinho and others are going to require a large budget. Claudio knows how to win on a budget. Well, we, oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he was fantastic, and I'll, I'd have his babies, like I say, if he walked in now. But you know, we've got to remember what <laughs> where he left us, yeah, of course, you do. You have to be wary, you know, you don't really tend to go back to something that ended in a disaster, do you? You know, that's you no, know, that's that's not the wise idea, you know, that's like Fulham Watford. It, yeah, exactly. You don't want to become one of them. You don't want to get 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 that going for you. You've got to keep. You've got to have your ambition met. Uh, you know, matched. And and you know, there is always, no matter what they do, no matter how sensible they try and do it, there is going to be an element of risk in whoever they take on the job if they when they move on with Rogers, whether that's sacking him or he or he gets off the job and he moves, you know, and and whatever. Whenever that time does come, it's always going to be a risk because. You might have a very settled squad that just get you in Europe, but then you have an idea man who wants to do something doing, and suddenly five players are no longer required. You know, we, every manager comes with an element of risk, and we have to be prepared for that. But as long as you get the manager in that you know is going to match the atmosphere in the club, 
and and take the right actions in in driving the club in the direction that the owners wanted to come in, then you have to be prepared. Maybe the risk is to chuck sixty million in deals and whatever and whatever in terms of contract negotiations, whatnot, sacking and hiring and and long term contracts. It's far greater than risking signing four players at 30, 40, 50 million apart and mm. finishing 17 for not being able to get anything for them. You know, got Parker. It, don't, don't swear at me with that name. <laughs> well, he's used to having no money, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, for good reason. He spends four grand on his woolly jumpers, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Terry says here, um, and I very much fall into this, and I'm not being disrespectful, Dave, with, with but you, you fall into this more than Brad does. Uh, mm -hmm. He finds this whole saga interesting. As a 65-year-old fan of Leicester, this is all nothing new, but it seems a lot of folk have never been in the bottom three before. If we go back 12 months, uh, Dave, Arsenal had a really bad start to the season, and... You know, they their fans were pretty much like we are now. Oh, get the manager out, change the manager, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up finished fifth. But by the time it got to match day, well, let's have a look. We've played five games so far, haven't we? So, yeah. in fairness, let me go back to match day five last season. And Arsenal were in 13th. <laughs> They'd gone up and they got two wins. I don't know where our next win is coming from, but... We have been here before as Leicester fans, haven't we? Right, I think Terry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've. I remember the sixties when we were, you know, a team that could have won the league. I remember mm. the early seventies when we were a team that could have won the league. Um, but I also remember seventy seven, seventy eight season. I think when McClintock was in charge, we didn't couldn't score a goal. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've been there many times, and but we've never won the league before. Uh, we've never won the cup before. We've never we won the charity shield once, but that's about it. Uh, so this is different times, and the times that me, you, and Terry remember, um, hopefully, are long gone. But we've just got to be very careful they don't come back, because it only takes, as Brad said earlier, a lead slip up or a, a forest split up or one or two others. Blackburn, you know, and we're back down there in League One again. You know, it, it can happen that quick. Oh, it, it can. And we're right to be worried, though, aren't we, Brad? I mean, you know, <laughs> don't get me, I just think it has been handled so badly. And I had Top come out and printed on those on the website what he did in the in the in the home pro, you know, in the in the program against uh, Man United. If he'd done that at the start of the summer or even if he'd done that in match day one, we'd all be a little more sort of, OK, we kind of know where we are. And we'd probably be saying, let's give Brendan a, a bit more time. Yeah, I don't know if so much we're worried as such, because I don't think, you know, we're nowhere near in a position into the season to be worried about where we're going to be next year or where we're finishing this season. Um, so I don't know if worried is, is such a thing. Uh, again, you know, we talk about, Communications, the, li the liaison, the go, the go between, the gophers, or whatever you want to refer to them as, the, ass the assistants, whatever, towards the ownerships, the communication barrier between owner and Rogers. I just don't think it's it's that easy. I, you, know, you, you bring up Dave's point. If the owner comes out and says, "Actually, we ain't got a pop to piss in," I'm afraid we ain't getting seventy five million for Fafana. 
We're not. We're just not. Chelsea aren't. Chelsea are going to go, you need money. Look at Southampton. The second it came out that they were a breeding ground for Liverpool mainly, or Southampton yeah. at B, as, 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 as we call them, um, they were a breeding ground because they had to sell. They could not afford these players. Uh, they couldn't afford to keep them. We were in no position. It's just because Snake Boy took his toys out of the pram that we ended up selling them. Because had Chelsea, had he not caused the ruckus, I don't know if Chelsea would have paid the 75 that we came to. They might have gone, well, it ain't working. He ain't interested. We'll go elsewhere. I think the fact that he made a ruckus and a, and a noise is completely the reason it ended up going. Um, but I don't think we're in a bad state as people make out because I think the owners knew that they were always going to get put under the microscope given the financial struggles they had during the COVID season. So yeah. in terms of that, I think we've just got to trust them as we have done since the day they were in charge of the club. But, I mean, Brad makes a good point, Harry, but with the way that it was handled, the way that it was handled, um, the way that Brendan came out and said, we need to sell before we can buy... Newcastle coming in and saying, here's 11 million or whatever it was for, for, for Madison. That was the situation we were in. The impression that people got mm, of us is exactly. we haven't got to piss in. You know, and people were, you know, saying, when I was coming on, you know, my show message was saying, like, are you going bust? Are you going bankrupt? Haven't you got any money? And we have got one of the, I think we're in the top five most manageable debts for clubs in Europe. So, but it was just the way it's all been communicated. I don't think, yeah, you're right. You, you couldn't have come out any sooner than the Man United programme because that would have been bad. But something's gone wrong seriously somewhere from the, the joy of the start of the season. And I do think it was just that last 30 minutes against Brentford. And that has caused a domino effect where suddenly then we got lost to Southampton. You know, OK, we didn't expect to win at Arsenal, Chelsea. But, you know, suddenly it's all gone tits up now because of two, probably two bad 30 minutes. <laughs> um, really, that's it, isn't it? If you think about it, a bad hour at the King Power and suddenly we're in turmoil. And mm. Rogers has, has lost it completely. He's run out of things to say. His body language is all wrong. Um, I don't think he really buys into this development scenario or everything else. He wants players for his team to do well. I think he'd be happier to be back at Filbert Street, but with a top side. Um, that's the way he works. Um, but it shouldn't... I mean, this the thing he says about the transfer window shutting will be OK. It shouldn't affect players. I, I get fed up with this namby-pamby crap with players that, oh, yeah, because he's been unsettled. He gets paid 150000 a week for crying out loud. Forget it. You know, we used to go out on a Saturday, Sunday for no money. We didn't get unsettled because a wife had shouted at us for doing it. You know, it's, it's, it's pathetic. And that's where it goes wrong. And the only way you can change that is by bringing in players who can handle it. The Jerry Taggart's of the world, the Matt Elliott's, the Steve Walsh's. You know, guys are going to get on with the game um, and make it happen. We've got people who are soft it's a fair point um and we obviously we will, we will agree to disagree regarding the uh, when when it should have come out and said but i want to say two words to you brad and please don't don't swear at me or throw anything at the screen uh peter taylor <laughs> <coughs> yeah, sorry 
<laughs> I'm scared, scared Bradolf. Um, I could have said Frank McClintock. That would have been even worse. <laughs> You'll yeah. back me up on that, Dave. <laughs> but, I mean, we all, those of us that remember, Peter Taylor, he came in, he did well. He got us at the top of the Premier League. We had a bad game against Wickham Wanderers when it all went tits up, as you say. And... It never got right. And we, we managed to sort of just scrape through that season um, because of the good start that we'd had. But then next season, it just started to go all wrong. You know, 5-0 to Bolton in the opening game who'd just been promoted. Um, I hate to say this, and from what you, you know, you, you just said as well, Dave, uh, Dave, are we seeing that again, do you think? I do wonder because we lost 3-0 at home to Man United. That's when it started going wrong for Taylor. I say Man United, Man United reserves, because on the bench was Beckham, Giggs, Scholes, and a couple of others, mm. uh, and we were totally outplayed that day. And we were we were lucky in previous games, so we had no right to be top really. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he was just he bought. In, who was that guy that followed him around from Gillingham and everywhere? Gillingham. <laughs> How can you forget that? You know? I've, I've erased it from my mind. Yeah. Um, but it was never going to go right. But no, again, no. we didn't see it. And yeah, I do fear, you know, especially with people like Vards getting on a bit now and, and mm. struggling a bit, the way we're playing, I do fear for that. Would you agree, Brad? Same question to you. Are, are we possibly or potentially seeing that? You know, you've, you had Peter Taylor who came in and did well with the team that he inherited. But when he started to buy his own players, the aforementioned um, son of Peter Taylor, and, you know, there was Trevor Benjamin, there was a few in there, wasn't yeah. there? Um, yeah. Are we seeing that again, Brad? Because Peter Taylor was a very, very good coach. He was coaching England, and yeah. it was unbeaten at under-21 level. Yeah, great. Uh, look how well that's always turned out over the years. Under twenty ones going into the first team, but <laughs> it, 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 the thing is, he, the difference is right. Is Peter Taylor ripped that core of that side to shreds? Didn't like Stan anymore. Martin O'Neill was the only manager that managed to get any car out of him during his very very hectic years. But you know. Once, once he didn't, he didn't like that ego. I know he broke his leg playing in the game. I believe against Derby, and that was it. He was done, sort of thing. But he never got a chance. Walsh, we all saw what happened to him. He cast him aside like he was dirty. He was outraging the fans. He was selling players left, right, and centre like he didn't care. And you know, you know, Taylor completely ripped the heart and soul out of that club. Miles away from that, and I don't think we've got owners that would make that same mistake and allow that to happen. Leicester naivety saw the success and then went, Okay, you've got free reign, actually. We trust you. We really trust you. Now, here's a transfer budget. Hey, <laughs> he ruined it. He absolutely got everything his own way. And it came to a point where sacking him, sacking him was only left with one option Mickey Adams and Dave Bassett. And we know how that ended up because Dave Bassey went, um, Mickey Adams went undefeated, didn't he, for like the last four games or whatever it was at Hill Street and got the job for the, for the championship. And I don't see that happening. I think our owners are a lot more wiser, a lot more stable in finance. You're saying there, Brad, a manager that had made some very dodgy 
signings. Um, Vestergaard? Third choice. We made <laughs> that very clear. There's a, there's a difference. He's not gone out and sold Evans. He's not gone out and sold the core of that team. He has kept the majority of it together. Yes, we're at a point with Casper's gone. He's 35. We offered him a one year. He's offered him a three. I'm not going to begrudge that uh, yeah, for both no. partners. Didn't he try and get rid of Samari, though, Brad? Didn't he try and get rid of Samari? Well, he he did he did try because the players seemed to want it to. Something's happened, and you I can't say. That, yeah, he was. We I, well, that's why he made my team. You know that uh, by, by, yeah. by um, mentioning it earlier. You know, I, I was really impressed, and clearly, you know, we talk about his individual man management, which gets bigged up by players that never even played with him. They 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 talk they go on these podcast things and they talk about him, and to back that up, something's clearly happened to make him more favourable with Brendan and, and and that's why we're seeing it so I think there's a saving grace and I think we're at a point where the owners will go you've got X amount of games and if you turn it around we'll include your grace period to keep it going and show us that you're the white man I think that's how Leicester kind of like whatever what's the instrument that you play like that to make the music I think record or whatever it's called but yeah. it's like that it's extended grace period will depend on results it won't get to a point where they go, oh, crap, we get this below 40, 50 million to spend and we can't sack him because it's Dave Bassett in charge if we do from October to whenever. And they kind of had to pray and hope Taylor won relegators. Uh, these owners will pull the plug if they feel it's detrimental to the club safety of the Premier, staying in the Premier League. Yeah, they will, yeah. A question that Scott's put to me, Chris, you made the point about Arsenal last season, just remind me of how many signings they made that summer. Probably not. Well, it certainly last that summer they paid fifty million for a defender from Brighton, who's Ben mm. White. That's him. So they spent fifty million on a on a signing. I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, I'm comparing the two. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. <laughs> that we should be by now starting to move out of it. I'm sure there are worse teams than us in that division, but are they playing? worse than us at the moment the answer yeah. to that is no they're not <laughs> that 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 is the difference yeah. um dave let me come to you with this one uh we're also forgetting that as much as we hate he who shall not be named he did make us a much better team and who knows which of those last few games we would have won with him in defense it is a very good point i mean he did make us a better team he was a great defender that's why we got 75 million for him but we said the same about Morris when he went on strike, when he was emotionally distressed and couldn't play for us. He Morris probably cost us a European place that that season. Yeah, and I find it stunning. Maguire gets booed, and he was probably the most professional of any of them. Yes, yeah, um, yes. because he carried on playing. He didn't whinge. He didn't. Mo he didn't say he wanted to do this, that, or the other. Um, and he was always going to go. Not necessarily in his mind, but. You know, he played on brilliant, tra trained every day. Uh, so, I mean, I got used to it. You know, can't say when, why, because it was Chelsea and he won a title the next year. Uh, and then you expected it every year. And that's what we've got to stop happening. Mm. And uh, if we can do that by building a bigger stadium, by building shops, hotels, whatever. Then so be it. And but I, we will you know, always have that. Probably in my lifetime, we? 
you know, yeah. we'll always be just Leicester, in fairness. Uh, just as Brighton, wherever they finish, we'll always be just Brighton. We'll never be yeah. seen as as one of those bigger clubs. Not and, now. But like I say, you know, it'd be interesting with Chelsea, depending on the best of starts. It'd be interesting to see if anybody comes knocking for him in a couple of years' time. I want to say this one to you now then, Brad. Um there's a lot to blame Rogers for, but I'm willing to say last season, whilst team selection was suspect at time, injuries made a huge impact on us. And that's probably why, in fairness, David, team, team selection was suspect. Mm. And I was very much defending him last season and saying, let's wait until we've got all the players back. And yeah, we kind of had a bit of a good run at the end of it. You know, we were beating teams. But what's happened this year then? We've got all the players back. <laughs> well, I mean... You you do look. You can sympathise with it to a point because I can totally understand. We're basically having to play um, a midfielder at, through through some points like this, and he had no choice to play a midfielder. Like that's how bad it was. Maybe th- we excused that as the reason we were playing a bit more negative, a bit more deeper, and weren't playing that free expressive football. But now he's got them players back, and he's got them players ready and available and he's had a full pre-season with these players minus some of these players that have their head swayed and what not we have more than enough professionality on that in, in that dressing room to focus on a game for 90 minutes a day you know or midweek or whatever and I just don't buy it anymore I just I, I was I think a lot of people were expecting to go see Brendan did want to play two up front he did want to do that because of it and no he got them reasons this is why we're hearing similar excuses or different excuses now that he's coming up with. And I think that's what's really frustrating a lot of Leicester fans is maybe some of us were definitely hoping that this style of play was temporary because we didn't have these names. It mm-hmm. seems to be that that's not the problem. The problem is it's just Rogers and how he goes about things. Yeah, We're, playing, we're still playing patiently, aren't we, at the back? We're just not putting mm-hmm. that through ball in there. We're yeah. still playing exactly the same way, so we have to put the ball through, and it, that's not yeah. happening. I mean, you heard it in the Manchester United game in the crowd. Yeah. You could tell the second someone started inkling their shoulders back towards the goal, the crowd went, Oh, and it wasn't because they were going backwards, it's because they knew, you know, they say when you play chess, you have to be like four or five moves ahead. Yeah. Well, you're all four or five moves ahead of what Leicester are going to do the second they start turning the goal, it's going to go yeah. out wide to Stanier, he's going to pass it to whoever. In, uh, was, as, and by that I mean Amate, Indeedy, whoever he's playing at centre-back, who's then going to pass it to Evans, who then's going to pass it to Thomas or Justin, who then's going to yeah. pass it back to Evans, who's going to pass it back to Wood. We know the next six passes are Leicester. And that's the most infuriating because F- FC obvious of Leicester <laughs> can be spotted how they played a mile away, how they played as football. As Craig said, if there's nobody moving midfield or up front, and I did notice... Um, they weren't making space for themselves if they're no. not. Finally, we can move away. And somebody's asked something else not about Rogers or <laughs> the transfer win, but I mean, we, we knew it was going to be, we knew it was going to be that. Um, the bit controversial is, but I, I do see where he's coming from, and it is a very good point. Um, let's go to, to Harry first, uh, today first with this one. I didn't know it wouldn't last. Uh, taking the knee has had, has it had any real effect in curbing racial, racial prejudice in football? I don't know. 
He said, keep it brief. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do know. We spoke to a lad from Newcastle, didn't we? Um, yeah. In July. Yeah. And he said it doesn't make a difference and he wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. He he was a, jo- a black Geordie, wasn't he? A he lovely was. bloke. What's his um, name? Yeah. Is the John John Sinclair, John, lovely guy, lovely, yeah. lovely guy, yeah. And he he was against it, I think, if I remember rightly, or not against mm. it, but he was sort of you know didn't really care either way. Yeah. Um, so I can't answer that question. I'm not black, but that I think if he answers that it's not a big deal and it doesn't work, then that, I think that's good enough for me. Yeah, Brad, let's hand the hot potato over to you. Uh, I just think. It was probably done with the greatest of intentions. And I'm very glad that there, there seems to be something that wants to be done about racism with football, because it doesn't have a place in football. It should never have had a place in football. But unfortunately, that's how it is and that's how it was. Um, I just think you have that as like your poster point, don't you? You have that as your point. You use it as an action, but every action runs its course. And I just, I do maybe agree i don't want anyone to take it wrong but i do feel that maybe now it's like it's like it's like everybody making the profile picture of the ukraine fight it's great that we're supporting the cause and defending it but in, invariably actions will speak a lot louder than words and this just looks like it's been forgotten about and people kind of are just like oh here we go yeah, gonna kick off take lee and off we go people even forget that it's, it's like it's almost become a part of the game so naturally yeah now i 100 percent. that was my point it did just become part of the game you know yeah um, which is sad but yeah it has it's got to progress to be more it can't just be kneeling that we do to try and stop racism we've got to do more actions now yeah and we're going to end on this one um and it's, it has been a really 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 good show um scott i will come to you again um uh, dave first with this one uh simply because you're on the left uh do you think that all brighton was the right choice as vice captain i like mark however i can't see him getting much game time but do do you expect your vice captain to be always on the pitch. You've got the captain on the pitch, so you don't need necessarily your vice-captain. It's what maybe Mark can bring off the pitch. It's true. I can't see him... I don't see him as an off-the-pitch person, rightly or wrongly, you mm. know, in the way maybe Walshie would have been or people like that. I mean, we're talking about future captain who should be vice-captain, really, aren't we? Uh, mm. And that, to me, is Dewsbury Hall. And let him learn how a captain should be under John... Johnny Evans, and mm. to me, that's a natural progression. But you know, vice captain, what does it mean anything? <laughs> vice captain is the um, uh, um, vice president of the football world, isn't it? It's a title, but they actually don't really do much. Non executive, yeah. yeah. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, not I love Mark O'Brien to, to bits. Absolutely, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He puts everything. He gives a hundred ten percent. I call him Mister Reliable a lot of us, but I, I I don't know. I feel like it's been given to him because he's a nice guy. I can't imagine him being leaderish on the training ground or on the pitch. I could be completely wrong, um, but I I don't. I think he's been given for sentiment and like as a, as a reward for his commitment to the club year in year out um but yeah i agree with with david sorry harry 
No, it is David. Um, <laughs> uh, it is Craig, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries, yeah. Um, but um, I do agree. If you're going to use a vice captain, surely you'll give it to a Dewsbury Hall or a Madison sort of player that seems to have that, you know, natural ability to lead about them. You see it on the pitch. You see certain aspects of a player, not in terms of what, quality but what their, their attitude on the pitch is like the way they go about their business on the pitch can normally strongly hint towards someone who's got that mentality for him and Jude Hall wants it we heard him in his press conference he wants to do that he wants to have them roles it you know as a Leicester player so I, I, I like the sentiment but leave sentiment to be sentimental and Some, uh, somebody um I'm sure I've just forgotten who it was he said sarcastically, said that Kieran Dewsby Hall was a, was a future captain. Um, I don't know who that was, uh, <coughs> Brendan. But, uh, you know, this is also the guy that said what a fantastic player Hamza Chowdhury was and who's <laughs> asked, yeah. and then six months later sold him out. So yeah. it's also the same person that said we weren't experienced enough and then lost to the most unexperienced side that's ever played in the Premier League. It's 2017. Um, it's been, <laughs> it's going to be a long season. And for those of the new supporters, and I don't use that degradingly because the more supporters we get, and by being more successful, we will attract more supporters. That's how these clubs, you know, get the, get the following. This is Leicester City. Welcome to Leicester City. Welcome to the roller coaster ride that is called uh, Leicester City. Um, it is going to be that way, isn't it? What What are your hopes? And we'll finish with this one now, Dave. Uh, Dave what are your hopes for the season as things stand? Top ten. Brad, uh, right now I'm with Dave. Top ten. Mm. I think I think I would take um, top ten as well. I think that's as good as we we can possibly hope for. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back here again this time next week. Certainly. Yep. Okay, mate. Who knows? We may have a different manager then. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thanks very much, mate. Take care. Stay yeah. safe. Thanks for coming Cheers, on. Mate. See you later, Harry. Bye. Hey, Brad. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we go. And and Craig, well, thank you for coming on twice tonight. I do appreciate it. Um, but you will be seeing me on Sunday night. Yes, I will. I can't get rid of you. Get a day's break and then I'm back here again doing it, doing this all again. Maybe discussing about uh, breaking news of a sacking. Maybe we'll be cheering the fact that we're ever closer to the Derby points total of 11 because we've picked up a point. I won't say all three because that, that sounds even more far-fetched, but we might have two points on the board. Uh, who knows? Hopefully it's better than what we have been able to talk about, to be honest with you, in terms of match results. Cheers. <laughs> um, Ken's just added in here, was that last-minute bid for Jack? No, 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 no. I'm not going with uh, that. You nearly fell for one, did you there, Chris? I that did nearly was. fell for one. And all that's going to do is... Um, don't know who he is, but let's uh, let's put him on a timeout. 
Um, and it'll take him to the end of the show then. Um, thanks to all three of you. Let's support Brendan, says David. In I suppose, yeah. I mean, support him. I'm not one of those. And I think uh, I think Dave will, and you'll agree with me, Brad. I don't want us to lose just to sack a manager. No, and I also don't want a manager to make us pay bad to don't get sacked either. So that well, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, Scott ends it all here with my hopes: Villa, Forest, and Wolves relegated, and we end up comfortable from relegation. I take seventeenth now. <sighs> I wish you were better. Well, you <laughs> said Scott ends it all. Golden. <laughs> no, we're not in there, Brad. Thank you very much, sir. I will see you Sunday night. <laughs> see you Sunday, mate. Cheers for having us on. Bye bye. <laughs> you nearly started it off again then. Thanks, Dad, uh, Dave. <laughs> One day, I, like, right, if he does not change his name on Facebook, I am going to go. He can go Dave Harry or, or Harry. He's, he's got to change it. Um, I will be back on um, Sunday. Uh, you'll catch me on Talk Sport at uh, 12.40 in the morning, and well, in the afternoon. And then we'll be back with the uh, watch along from 1.30 and with um, uh, with Brad for the post-match at 7. Fingers crossed. Thanks today. Thanks to Harry. Thanks to everybody that's been watching. Thanks to all the guys that got the comments in. And if you've been listening on your favourite podcast platform, thank you for lending me your ears. I'll see you on Sunday. Have a good day off tomorrow. Take care. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. This week's episode has come to an end. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.